0: All right. Yep. Let me just get back down to the bottom. So, this Sikha, which is the third, <clears throat> or the third Simon, is based on the second or the last chapter of the Rambam. We know that we've learned the Sikhas before, which were on perik Yir, um Yer Aleph, which was all about Mashiach himself and how we know who Mashiach is and what he needs to do. And this parak is about. what will happen at that particular time now the rabbi is going to take this uh, um in the sikha we're learning today it's not going to be about the entire parak the way our first sikha was it's more it's going to be more about the first few bits uh, the first halacha really and the beginning of the second halacha of this parak. so let's just get right into the Rambam itself because we need to understand the Rambam, and then we'll go into the Sikha, which is quite a lengthy Sikha. And Red Hashem will be able to do quite a bit of it tonight and then um, or today for me. The rest um, next week. So Parak sorry, this the 12th parak, the last parak of the Rambam in Hukhlas Malachim. Al Yale should be dava mimin now, this is going to be the base of our and a very, very important element here. So do not come up in your heart. In other words, you shouldn't even think that the times of Mashiach, anything will be nullified from mimin shol alam, from the way the world runs. So don't think that the world is going to change in any significant way. Okay? The mimin of alam, nature, the way we know the world, it's going to stay exactly the same. That's what the Rambam is saying. Or that there will be anything new from creation of the world. And again, this is going to be a very important line that different are going to take apart. So don't think there's going to be anything different or anything new from the time of creation. The world will continue to run as the world naturally runs. The Zeshanamar and the fact that it says in Yeshayahu, in the Navi, what does it say in Yeshayahu that we read during the um, time? So the idea that a wolf will lie with a lamb and a leopard with a goat, this, the Ramam says, is Mashal Vachida. This is just a parable. This is not to be learned literally. Now, how can we learn this as a parable? Why does Ramam say it's an analogy? What does it mean then that a wolf will lie with the lamb? We know that that's how we always explain it. The pictures for the children are usually, you know, those exact pictures. So, how could it be any different? So, Ramam says, do oh, we know that in HaDavar, what does it mean? It means simply, the Jewish people are going to be able to live peacefully with the most evil of the non-Jewish nations who are compared to a wolf. <coughs> Sorry, who are compared to a wolf and a leopard. Because it says we have a pasuk that says very, very specifically, but referring to the, the Gaim, that the Ave Aravais Isha a wolf of the wilderness, will come and take spoils from them. In other words, will we'll destroy them and take all their spoils. The Namer, and a leopard will stalk their cities. So this is obviously it's a, it's a, the marshal of the Ga'im, and that's why the Ramam says this idea that God is and Kevis Kevas is the Jewish people. the ave and the num are I'm sorry the kevas and the Gdi refer to the Jewish people. There's the Ave and the Mumer the, the wolf and the leopard refer to the non-jewish people and this m- means that we will live peacefully. The emes, all the nations of the world will return return to the true faith, they will no longer steal. They will no longer destroy. But they will eat the things that are allowed together with Bnei Yisro in peace. Like it says again, but The lion, like cattle, will eat straw. So that's what it means. That it's it's just an analogy that the nations of the world peacefully <laughs> um, and and that, and that's how we read it. Okay. V'chein kol koyote keelo Now we notice the Rambam <clears throat> doesn't give us more detail. Rambam just says in general. So too it's with all these sort of things. Inyan hamashiach, and here's a really important line. With all of these things, when we are talking about Mashiach, heim Meshalim, they are only parables. Uvimais mashiach when the day comes, when we are in the days of Mashiach, then it will be known to all of us exactly which things were Mashalin, in other words, and which ones weren't. Uma'inyan ramzu behen, we will understand exactly which ones were the Mishalim and what was hinted in these Mishalim, what they actually mean. Second halacha, the Raman continues, and this is going to be, again, a very important part of the Sikha. Chachamim say there's going to be absolutely no difference between the world we live in, alam Hazel, and the Taz Mashiach, except for the subjugation of the foreign nations. In other words, that we won't be under the foreign nations at all, but we will have our own kingdom. <speaking in Hebrew> and this is seen very clearly from the words of the Naveen. <speaking in Hebrew> Going to have this tremendous war, the beginning of the times of Mashiach. And right before, and before that war, will have a navi who will get up, who will straighten their hearts. In other words, cause them to go on the straight path to do tshuva. To prepare their hearts. As it says. Eliel, we know the rest of it. Elial uh, Hanavi. And the idea of the Haiti of us banning. This is the pasuk, that I'm going to send Elio and this is what's going to be about. And when Elio comes, what's his role going to be? The Ram says, according to Allah. Ain't bala He's not going to come to tell us those who we think are tar are now tameh, lala tar not to make pure those who are tame. So the idea about the Tamei Atar, he's not going to come and say, those things you thought were were kosher or the right thing are no longer right. He's not going to come to purify that which is Tamei. Like we know the famous talked about when Moshiach comes, the Chazir, that's why it's called Chazir, it's going to come back, it's going to become kosher. Nothing, nothing of that sort. He's not going to come along and say, people who we think are Jews today and we understand, know who their lineage, lineage we know their lineage he's not going to come along to say Lifso, those people, he's not going to say no they're apostles, they're not really Jewish it was a mistake and he's also not going to come along to say oh, no. these people who you think are not Jewish they are actually Jewish so he's not going to be the one who's going to come along to tell us who, what our lineage is that is something that's from Mashiach himself. What does Eliyahu do? He comes to bring peace. He's going to return the hearts of the fathers by the children. So the children will bring the, the, the parents back. So this is really all about Eliyahu. Now we have chachamim who say that before Mashiach comes, you have to have Navi, The and all of these things, the similar to that. So the Rambam says, you know what? We actually don't know exactly how this is going to happen until it happens. in because these are hidden matters. By the navim. In other words the navim don't even know exactly how it's going to happen. We also don't have, the also don't have any sort of tradition or something passed on from generation to generation of exactly how this is going to happen. we just have the proof from the Pesukim itself. And that's why, because it's only based on the interpretation of the different Pesukim that we have about the times of the Shi'a, that's why it's exactly about how it's going to be. And nevertheless, Rambam says, The order of exactly how Mashiach is going to come and who's going to come first and exactly what's going to happen. We know we're going to have a navi who's going to come, the Ramam told us, to bring the Jewish people back. And the fact that Eliyahu Anavi has to come first, that's a, an order saying you have to have Eliyahu and then you're going to have Mashiach. Rambam says these, the order of exactly how it's going to happen and the details of how it's going to happen, that's not the foundation of our Muna. That's not Ikar Hadas. I mean, That's not one of the principles of our faith. And therefore the Rav says a person should not delve into He shouldn't be busy with trying to figure out all of these agadas, all of the stories. He shouldn't be worried about all the and all the agadas, about what's going to happen when Mashiach comes. That's not our focus. He shouldn't delve into them and he shouldn't make that the priority. That's not what it's about. Remembering this is a safer halacha, the Rambam is saying. When we say we have to believe in Mashiach, it's not about delving into all the midrashim, about exactly what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. Because delving into these things, exactly how it's going to happen, what's going to happen, this does not bring us to years Hashem. It doesn't bring us to avas Hashem. Therefore, we should also not be trying to figure out exactly what it is is that Mashiach is going to come, because when we find something very harsh. Actually, that the Chachamim say, what do the Chachamim say about this? May the spirit those who try to determine the end may that spirit expire. Right? from to blow to may blow out. May the <inaudible> ruach. Leave them, those who could try to figure out the exact date of when Mashiach is coming. But we should just wait and believe into, in this general concept, the way we've explained. So now, go on. So we know from this, that it's not going to be miraculous necessarily. It doesn't have to be miracles. The world's going to continue running as it runs. Now, the, the, the Rambam goes on and tells us what, what should we expect then. So here we see a reference back to our last parak. In the times of Mashiach, when his kingdom is settled, because we said well, he's going to have to be a king again, all the Jewish people will be gathered around him. <clears throat> so we have Kibbutz Kodias. And everyone will be connected to him based on the Ruch HaKaidash <clears throat> that he um, says. So, in other words, his Yis his yichos, will be determined because we'll understand the basis of his words and the insight that he has. Shenemar, as it says, the Yash of from Matar. he is going to be the one who will be the refiner, the purifier. He will tell us exactly who everyone is. We know when he's going to tell us our lineage, he has to tell us who we are. When a levi, the tra- tr- shevet of levi, is going to be first. Because we need to have our kohanim and levim in the base of so come, He'll tell us, you are properly, you're the kohen, you're the levi. And anyone who's not a kohen levi will be determined that he is from Yisrael. As it says, and this is a passage from Israel. So we find a similar thing that when Israel came back to Eretz Yisrael to build the second base of Mikdash, with mind you, a minority of the Jewish people. So the governor said to the Jewish people, the first thing has to be the first thing that had to happen was they were not allowed to eat from anything until a navi who would have the urim v'tumim would determine who is who. So here we learn. So we see from Israel the fact that they had to wait for a time with the Urim to determine who it's who. The idea of knowing the yichus the lineage of the people of who we are as Jews, especially Kohan and, and Yisrael, this has to be done through <coughs> Okay. The Enoi Miyakas Yisrael Shifte. What's his job going to be? Not to tell us the Yikos of a Jew or a guy, but rather he's saying he's going to give us his job is to give us the lineage based on their shavit. Shemaidia Shizemish plini, the Zemi Shavit plini. So this one is from that Shavit, and this one from the other Shaivit. About Inaimar Al Shaheim Chaskas kashud Ze Mamzerze Evan people who have already been accepted as jews so that we we we, we consider them jewish people but now remember means you know they they've converted appropriately they've always thought they were jewish the Ram says mashiach is not going to come along and say oh no you're actually a mom or you're actually a slave because our is a family that's already become completely intermingled and mixed in with the Jewish people remains that way. Okay. And then, They did not yearn for Mashiach. They didn't yearn for Mashiach because that's going to be a time when we are going to rule over the entire world. Irregardless of the fact that we said that Mashiach's kingdom will be the only kingdom, but that's not why they wanted Mashiach, so that we can rule over the gayin. right? This idea, not that we will rule over the old world, and we will rule over the non-Jewish nations. nasu ha'amim, And it's not for the fact that the nations of the world will put us up on a pedestal and consider us so, so wonderful. It's not so that we can eat and drink and be merry. Chami this time because we are going to be free. We'll be free to sit and learn Tyre. We won't have any pressures or any disturbances. So that we can sit and learn and do the mitzvahs properly and so that we will merit in the future and explained in Hilchoschuva. Tshuva. So the idea of Aylam Haba, this is very important, according to the Rambam, Aylam Haba is a time, the world to come is the time where the neshama gets its reward for things that it's done. But the Shlemus, according to the Rambam, is actually neshama beguf, the neshama in a body in this world. So the idea is, the Rambam says, that we should be able to learn, tire and do mitzvahs. That's the point of the times of Mashiach. And because of that, because it's going to be peace and we want to be able to be to sit and learn properly, therefore the last halacha, lacha hey, of the of mom, therefore in that time, there will not be any famine, there will not be any war. There there will not be any jealousy there will not be any competition everything will be good goods will be um, in in abundance and all the precious jewels will be will be as common as the dust of the earth what will the world be busy with? The only thing they will be busy with, with knowing Hashem. That's it. And therefore, Yisrael, We will be great sages, because we'll be sitting and learning the whole time. And we'll be able to know all the hidden things. So we think about nigla and Nistar, all the hidden things. That's what we talk about. Torah the new the things that are hidden in Tyra. The Panimius are Torah. We will be able to understand the understanding of Hashem, of our Creator, based on however we can, as much as we are able to know Hashem. Like it says, That the world will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem as the sea fills and covers the ocean bed. So we see quite clearly that the Rambam in this parak has given us this kind of description of the times of Mashiach. Specifically, don't think it's miraculous, don't think it's a change in nature. It's a time when the world will be exactly as we know it now, except that we won't have any pressures. We'll be able to sit and learn without any worries. Now, there's a lot to say about this parak. There's a lot to learn about this parak. But of course, in this Arshir tonight, we're going to limit ourselves to this actual sicha. So this, in this sicha, the Rebbe is going to talk about what seems to be a contradiction in the words of the Rambam here in Hilchos Mulachen and things that the Rambam says in other places. The Rambam wrote, we know Hilchos Chuva. In Hilchos Chuva, the Rambam talks about Mashiach. That's the thing that with the Rambam, his talk talks about Mashiach in a number of places. In Hilchas here in Hilchas Melachim, in Igeris Teiman, a special letter written to the Jews of Teiman, talks about Mashiach. And of course, Rambam wrote another letter called Igeris Chias because some of the things he said people misunderstood. So he had to clarify what he meant in another letter called Igeris Chias And in all of these places, we find the Rambam talking about Mashiach. And it seems that the Ram says different things in different places. So this is the discussion the Rebbe is going to have with us in this particular siha. and try to understand these contradictions. Now, of course, it's kind of given away a little bit in the title of our sikhah. There's actually two different eras, And that's kind of going to be our answer. But let's see the actual discussion itself. Okay, so siv aluf. The parak hasiyum dehochos melachim. So, in the final parak of dehochos melachim. As of a Rambam, the Rambam writes, and this is what we saw. Okay, so this is the first halacha that we actually just read. Al yalla alalei shibimaisa meshiachivat l'davar mimin hagashol elam. Something things will change. Oy so yesham chidish b'maisa brayches, or something will change from creation. Ela elam k'min hagay noheg. It's all an analogy. I'm not translating every word since we've already just learned it. Shem yisrael yoshev levetach in akum, in peace, and They're compared to the wolf and the leopard. we had. Okay, the entire. Okay, so the Rebbe brings us the highlights of that halacha, the beginnings, not necessarily every word, and then but brings us the final bit of the Rambam. All of these things, they are just mesholim. We'll know when Mashiach comes exactly which ones are mesholim and what they hinted to. But then after this, the Rambam continues. As we're going to see later, there's no difference between the times of Mashiach, except for Sheba Machlus Bithlach. So the Rebbe saying, it would seem. So it seems to be at first glance, that when you learn this Rambam, the Rambam saying, the world, nothing will change. This seems to contradict Mimasha that which it says in Taris Kahanim on the Pasuk, Ve'eit Hasadayit Imperia. So we have a Pasuk, a We talk about what will happen in the future when we do all the messrs, that the trees of the field will give their fruit. And in Taris Kahanim it says specifically, how do we know that trees that today are considered barren trees, trees that don't give any fruit, how do we know that in the future these trees are going to give us fruit? Because it says the trees of the field will give fruit that means all trees, no matter what they're like now, they're going to give fruit. So that seems to be a miracle, to change. Val d'rach zeh, like this, it says at the end, we withdraw at the end of the mesechah k'suvah is, Amar Rabchiyah says in the name of Raf. Rav, Seedin, call Ilani Yisraksha Ba'eret Yisrael, to eat anu peris. That all the barren trees that are in Eret Yisrael, <coughs> they are going to carry fruit like it says, he ate, the trees, just like the trees give forth the te'ena and their geffen, just like we have the figs and the grapes, that all trees are going to give forth their produce. So they're all going to have fruit. Well, that sounds like a change in the nature of the world. The trees today that do not give any fruit are going to give fruit and that's a change. So how is it that the Rambam says that there will be absolutely no change? That seems to go against what it says in the Gemara. It goes against what it says in Taras Khan. So see if see, the Rebbe says, well, perhaps we can answer it in a particular way. Now, of course, when the Rebbe writes it would seem, we know that the Rebbe is going to bring us an answer, but he's going to then negate that answer and show us why we can't say so. So, it's a little bit of mental gymnastics and we got to just hold on to it. It would seem that perhaps we could say you could say, well, perhaps what the Rambam would say about about the Gemara is that even these things that they're saying <coughs> that barren trees will give fruit that could also be an analogy. Maybe it's also just like a parable. Here's an example. It's my hall, a uh, fruit tree, stand for, and we know this from my because we know that very often sages are considered to be like fruit trees. We talk about that so much, like to right? be that fruit trees are like. We are like the trees, and giving forth fruit is having students. So, an eatsimahal, a tree that gives forth fruit, we know that this could be referring to our sages. In barren trees, well, they're the simple people who don't give forth any fruit. Therefore, in the future, even these barren trees, I mean, the ameha arets, you know, Paris so that, that, that makes sense. The Ilanese Thra could be not literally trees that don't give fruit, but Jews who don't know their Torah, don't know a lot about the Torah mitzvahs, they're the men of the land, which literally means people who are ignorant of the Torah, they too will become Tomi the Chachamim. As we saw, the Ramam said, the whole world will be busy learning Torah. We'll all know the secrets of the Torah. So they too will become sages. Or perhaps, you know, another explanation similar to that. In other words, we could find analogies for these sukkim as well. And then we could say that it still remains the idea that the world will not have any miraculous change. It will continue the way we know it. Clever. forever goes on. Remember this was a, was a We could perhaps say the says, well, "It's actually impossible to actually say it this way." Why? First of all, in general, it's difficult to say that the words of the Tanaim and Now in other words, the words of the sages of our Mishnah and Gemara, who are talking about halacha, which is in contrast to the words of Naviim. So, Navim, we know that our prophets, a lot of what they said was in an analogy. Many, many Navim received their nevoah, they received their prophecy from Hashem in a in a vision, and often in the way of a parable. And they had to then interpret it to the Jewish people. That was very common for a Navi, for a prophet. But to say that a Tana or a that the or sages who dealt with Halacha, that ela, mashal, that their words are just an analogy, that's difficult to say. So here too it would be very difficult to say. Okay, because we find mar That this saying in Taraskahanim that all the barren trees will give fruit. We find that in Taraskahanim when this passage comes up. Barren trees will give more fruit. It comes in context to a number of other brachas. that are specifically talking about very physical gashvistik brachas. And it follows, including the bracha that in this pasuk that the earth will give its produce and eight and the trees of the field will give fruit. Like many of these brachos that it says in Torah's Kahanim, it says very specifically, not the way what it is now, but the way it was at the time of Adam Nizra Mizra'as for Isa Peres Ben Yaima, that you could plant and have fruit in one day. The two of Isa Peres Ben Yaima. Planted and giving fruit in the same day and the tree will be eaten. The tree itself can be eaten. Like Again, we know when we look at the Psukim in the very first paragraph of gracious Bahainu the mamish. When you look at Tardis Kahanim in context and you see that it's talking very specifically about very physical blessings, physical blessings that will happen in terms of how the fruit will grow, and what we will have, and relying specifically on the psukim in Chumash, in Brashas, where it talks about how Hashem wanted eight Pri, a fruit tree that will give forth fruit. In you know, other words, even the tree can be eaten, and this is what it seems to have been before Chet And same thing based on this, the same sort of thing in the Gemara. Vahamaymer Again, the Gemara when it talks about barren trees giving food, again, in context, it's connected to many, many other sayings that we must translate literally, exactly as they are, not as analogies. for example, Okay. She came established, she got Mammerzah, a seat and clothes on straw, who keeps take. So we find that Rabbi Hanina, at this point in time he uh I mean just actually i'm going to have to apologize here because i somehow missed this particular paragraph and i don't know aramaic very well and i cannot translate this particular line if there's anyone here who can is you can jump in um <clears throat> you should get my son to help me with the aramaic and here i've somehow missed it so we have a pasuk here rabbi chanina um and this is this um, example, because whatever this was, it was a very, it's a very literal, and therefore the idea of, of the trees giving forth fruit also has to be, Next week I'll find out, I'll come back to this. Okay, So basically the Rebbe is saying here that in context If you want to say that perhaps in Tarskheim and Gemara, these are also analogies. If you look at the context, you can't say it. That's the bottom line. Because in context, both in Tarskheim and in the Gemara, they're talking about very literal brachas, very literal events. And therefore, it wouldn't make sense to have an analogy somehow thrown in. And when it talks about barren trees giving fruit, it's talking about it in continuation to very practical things. <laughs> now we also find that the rivet, he has some thoughts on the Rambam. In other words, he doesn't quite agree with the Rambam. <clears throat> so he says, when the Rambam says, <laughs> that the world will continue to run as it normally does, and there won't be any miracles. He said, "Well, we <laughs> find a pasuk says, mina the Hashem says he's going to remove all wild animals from the land. This Pesach, following along from AT T'Imperiai, that the fruit trees will give forth fruit, it says that the wild animals will be removed. The Red Vaz over there says, Oh, actually, this isn't an argument. So here the Ravid is saying, wait a second, Rambam, how can you say nothing will change? We have another pasuk that says the wild animals will be removed. So that means it has to be literal. So Radbaz comes along and says, no, no, no. When the Ravid is bringing this, this pasuk, Hishpati Ramina Arts, you can learn that as a as well. That could also be an analogy. Umamshia. Right? Mean energy, wild animals from the earth, could be wild animals, it could also be the nations of the world, those who try to destroy us. It. it could also be a mumshall. Umamship, and the Red Vat continues. But we should also, even though it could also be a mumshall, it's also worthy we should believe that these things are literal and not a mumshall in Eretzisro. Like it says, "Lo lo Because it says they won't do any evil; they will not cause any destruction. Where kachi on my holy mountain, because the world will be full. If you say "mala dance and it says ha arts when you have arts with that definite article, hey, the land. Is Haaretz the known land? What is the known land? That's Eretz Yisrael. So the Radvaz, on one hand, he's saying when the Ramban is bringing us a pasuk, Bishpati Chayarad, to say we've got to say that this is very literal. The Radvaz says actually no, that could also be a mashal. However, we should do we should treat it literally for Eretz only. only. Vehain, therefore. The fact that there will no longer be any wild animals, and is only in Eretz Yisrael. And all the other razzies, all the other lands, the line of the Rambam will stand. The world will continue in its natural way, the way we know it to run today. The psukim are all. Analogies, just like it says, that nations will not lift up their sword and they will no longer learn war because there will be peace. So I'm rather saying, well, we can learn it both ways. That could be a muscle and it could be literal. In Eretz it's literal. It could be literal. It could be a muscle, and in the rest of the world, it's a muscle. Now, based on this, on this, we could say seemingly again, we could, might be, maybe we could say. Simply so saying, perhaps you know, sometimes when you see an argument between two people, you recognize that they're actually not arguing, but they're referring to two different things. So here too, the Rebbe says, perhaps we could say that this machlaikis between the Rambam and the Raivet is actually dependent on the differences that we find in the words of Chazal in these two sources that we talked about earlier, in Taras and in Ksubas, which is Gemara. What, where do we see a difference? So if you look very carefully at the words, the Rebbe is going to show us now, the Gemara Nemar, the actual Gemara it says, so the Gemara does actually mention that in these barren trees of Eretz Yisrael, whereas if you look in Tarskahanim, Kahanim, it doesn't say the barren trees of Eretz Yisrael, it just says barren trees. So it seems that the Gemara is saying something perhaps like the Radbaz, that it's the barren trees in Eretz Yisro that will give fruit. But the Tariz Kahanim it doesn't say Eretz Yisro. It just says barren fruit, barren trees will give fruit. (coughs) So maybe that's the difference. Okay, The Rebbe says specifically, what's the difference between them? The Fiat Tariz Gahanim According to Tarz Kahanim, then he's saying that there will be a change in the entire world when Mashiach comes, because these barren trees will give forth fruit in the entire world. But according to the Gemara, according to the Gemara, we see there won't be a change in the entire world except for Eretz Yisrael. There will have special things happening there. We'll have special miracles happening there. Yeah. So that's the tarskahani That's the Gemara. Therefore, her raibu, What we can say, then say is that the Ravyit that there, does a Tarskahani. The rider is saying that like the tarskahani Elani struck stomp as as ice in Paris. That these barren trees stomp everywhere will give forth fruit. So the rivet, when the Ravid comes along and says, How could he say that? It says, the Shvatichai Rava arts, that there will be no wild animals. The rivet is interpreting these psukim like the Kahanim, which says that there will be miracles throughout the entire world. And therefore, both of these psukim have to be literal, according to the rabbit. And that's why when he talks about the next Pasuk, that the wild animals will be removed from the land, he's talking about all lands. And he's saying that Pasuk also is literal. There will, the barren trees will give for fruit, there will be no longer any wild animals that will destroy. And Tars Kahanim on the pasuk, Just like Tars explains it on the pasuk. Rabbi Yehuda Aymer ma'avir imina o'elam. Rabbi Shimon Aymer ma'avir imina So We find Tars Kahanim, talks about what this means, vishpati chayrav ba'aretz. And the discussion in Gemara is very literal. Rabbi Yehuda says, what does it mean that Hashem is going to remove these wild animals? So Rabbi Yehuda says, literally, from the world, that they'll no longer exist. Rabbi Shimon says, no, no, no they'll exist, but he'll remove their, their nature to destroy. So it's not that there won't be these five animals anymore, but that that won't be there. So what we see is that they're discussing the very literal meaning of these pizokites in Taras Kahani. Shep the fraud especially, <speaking in Hebrew> especially, you notice in Taras tar- Kahanim when they're discussing this, pasuk, they talk about, right? So it's very, very clear that in Taras Kahanim, the discussion is around a very literal discussion and a very miraculous thing that the nature of animals will change or that there won't be any wild animals at all in the world. So we could say, okay, that's what the is saying. The rabbit is going according to the Tarth kahani, that there will be a change in miracles. The rambam is taking the view, at least according to the red vase, he's going according to the gemara. And when the when rambam says that the world won't change, he's talking about everywhere else except for Eretz and that's why the red box said Okay, we can be- believe that All of these things are The pshat, that these miracles will happen In Eretz Yisrael, that it will get Like special Special consideration But in the rest of the world, it's going to be the way In normally is." Okay, So this is all a seemingly An answer that we could propose. However, to say that the Rambam is talking like the Gemara, and that the Rambam is referring to a change in the world except for Eretz Yisrael, that is not understood when you look specifically at the Rambam and the words of the Rambam. Where do we see that? If you look very carefully, you find Rambam said He had a statement that was like a closed statement He was quiet He says, in times of Mashiach Nothing will change When he, he said nothing will change in the world Well, that includes Eretz Yisrael because if in Eretz Yisrael you would have miracles had have to say that Eretz Yisrael will have miracles And no one else will have miracles That itself is a change in nature Where do we have things naturally That, that things are different in Eretz Yisrael And not anywhere else that the land in Eretz Yisrael is somehow going to be different, that already is a change in nature. So when the Ramam says there will be no change in nature, you can't say that it means everywhere in the world except for Eretz Yisrael, because that itself is already a miracle. Second point, why we can't resolve this difficulty the way we thought we could between the ragvaz and the Ravid is because we may be in Kuziva, Time of Bar Kokhba, as we saw in our previous parak, in our first d'cha, <speaking in Hebrew> we know that we have Ben Koziba Bar Kokhba and Rabbi Akiva and all the Chachami of his time thought that he was Mashiach. Dima, they thought he was so. <speaking in Hebrew> to the point that they went out to war, which is the nefesh, they were ready to give up their lives based on what he told them to do. Rambam. That from from that, the Rambam proves, as we saw again in the first in Parakid Olive, Shemel Chama Mashiach in itsarich lassayts aysurts and The Rambam used that specifically as a proof that Mashiach does not have to do any miracles. Right? That's what, that's where it came from. No miracles. The Rambam used that again to tell us. In that time, that the world will run as it normally does. There won't necessarily be miracles. What does that show? We will see soon. It means that miracles didn't happen even in Eretz Yisrael. He was in Eretz Yisrael. And if the Rambam is using Bar Kachva as an example, that Mashiach doesn't have to do miracles, and he wasn't Eretz Yisrael, that's proof that these things did not have to happen, and that the Rambam did not consider Eretz Israel to be any different in the way of, of, in any other lands. And when the Rambam therefore says that, sure. that the world is going to continue the way the world normally does, he means all, all the, the whole world, including Eretz Israel. Therefore, sure. <laughs> It's uh, likely you must say, really, but that's That this statement of the Rambam, that the world is going to run the way it runs today, that no, nothing, no none of the natural laws we are going to change in the future, that has to apply to Eretz Yisrael as well. Okay, so we brought a proposed answer to how we can resolve the fact that the Rambam says there will not be miracles, with the Pesukim in Tarzikheim and the Gemara that said there will be miracles. We tried to resolve it by saying, we're talking about either Eretz Yisrael or the world. And we've just shown that according to the Rambam, it cannot be that way, because the Rambam is very clear that he's talking about the entire world. Okay, so Steve Hay, hey, we're now going to come to another proposed resolution. Maybe we can reconcile this by looking at something else. So the Rebbe says, we find other people trying to resolve this. The Sefer Avayas HaKadosh. Explains that when we say the world will run according to its nature. What the Rambam is trying to say, according to Avayas HaKadosh, is that there won't be anything New. That's completely outside of nature. In other words, in other words, <laughs> we say according to this we're talking about. Things might change the way we know today but it won't be anything new in creation because it won't be anything different to the nature and root of what it was at the beginning when it was first created. Therefore, what do we say? Then, you don't have any contradiction to the Medrash and Taras that says, So now there's no contradiction between the fact that a fruit, a tree can be planted and grow fruit in one day. From the many other sayings of our Chachamim are similar to this. It's not bringing us something new, was never in nature. Because guess what? That's what it was at the beginning, before Eitz There were certain things that happened before Adam and Chava were sent out of Ghanaian. And when we say Adam the world is going to go back, it's going to go back to how it was. It's its nature. It's not something brand new because before Eitz that is what the world was like. So according to that, so these two things we could say that's what it refers to. The fact that it says there will no longer be any wild animals, and these barren trees will give forth fruit. Okay, we could use this as an explanation. So, the Rambam? This is not changing nature, this is not bringing miracles this is exactly how the world was before the sin of the tree of knowledge that's what it was like every single tree, a fourth fruit none of the animals hurt each other and they didn't hurt Adam either they didn't have that nature to attack and to kill but what happened it was because after the sin of the tree of knowledge the Ichme tree of knowledge when Hashem then cursed the and told us that the ground would now give forth thorns and thistles so at that time that's when a number of the trees became trees that could not give any fruit anymore was at that time, some of the animals were given the nature to to hurt, to cause damage. And since we say the times of Mashiach, what will happen? We'll come back to that situation as we were before. Now, we will know Hashem very clearly. That's what's going to happen. Hashem's going to come back down to earth and we'll be able to see him clearly. Well, that's exactly how it was for Adam Harishon in Gan How was he able to name all the animals? That was because he saw Hashem clearly. He saw Hashem clearly in everything. He could look at an animal, see its form and shape, and know the exact letters of Lashon HaKadosh that represent the Kayach Eloki that was giving this animal its life. So Adam knew Hashem very, very clearly. And because of the Asidlavah, we're going to reach that same sort of situation where we're going to see Hashem very clearly. He will be down here on earth clearly. Therefore, raise it in by Therefore, it will be the nature and the middle of the world the times of Mashiach to be go back to exactly as it was in Gan Eden, before Shait Eid And then to understand this, it's like our mind were of Basilva where the Rebbe explained that Hashem, the Shrina was fully in this world. And then after Haiita das, the Srina was removed from this world, and through the generations was removed seven layers, seven until Rabenu brought it back until the other started slowly bringing it back down again until Mehur Rabenu gave us the tyra and brought the Srina back to the world. And then, again, with Chet HaEdel. The departed, and then we work all this time until our generation. Times Mashiach, to bring the Shekinah back down to earth, and that's exactly what we're saying. Then, according to the Bible, it's not being, it's not nullifying the natural order of things because this used to be the natural order of things. This, see if, I'm just looking to see how long this is. Try to do this in two minutes, or should we stop here? Um, it's around six o'clock. I don't know. I think we can Can stop here. Is this a good flow to stop? Will it? Yeah, because uh, our sicha is going to continue to show how. Um, what can we do next time? This is a proposed answer, as we're going to see. The Reverend is going to give us some more um, evidence of this proposed answer, but then the Rebbe is going to show us that this isn't good enough. So um, we're going to go along this flow so we can stop here because we can then review this part and continue on. We want to keep people later than the time. It's already one minute to sit, so we definitely can't do this in one minute. So I thank you all for joining. Um, And again, the the key message of this swicha so far is the fact that the Rambam in is talking about the times of Mashiach. So, was about Mashiach himself, who he is, and what happened at that time. And the Rambam clearly states at the very beginning, the world is not going to have any miracles. It's going to run the way we know it, except that we are going to be absolutely free from any pressures and any worries so we can sit and learn tarot. And so far, what we've seen is, the Rebbe said, this seems to contradict a number of things in other places, in Medrash, and Tarskahanim, in the Gemara, and many people, like the Radvaz, um, <clears throat> and as we see here, our bodhisattvas try to reconcile the Rambam. And the Rebbe is showing us that in every, wherever they try to reconcile what the Rambam is saying with other psukim, it doesn't sort of, doesn't jive completely, because there's going to be a problem in each one of these proposed answers. Eventually, once we get through all the proposed answers, we'll come to the Rebbe's explanation. So hold on and join me again next week as we uh, continue to follow the Rebbe's train of thought and show how the proposed answers don't work and finally come to our conclusion about this.